We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you for your grace, God giving us something we do not deserve. Uh, We praise you for being unexplainable, sovereign, and all-knowing and present at all times and all places. We are grateful that you interact with us, not simply leaving us alone with, with no way of hearing you or knowing you. We thank you for your word and its truth and the opportunity that we have to, to come to this church, and to worship, to serve you on Sundays and, and every other chance we get and your people. Father, we... Pray for those I know in this church that are hurting, that are having pain and going through suffering. We ask that you, God, renew their spirits. Give them an ease. Give them peace in their hearts. Father, we also ask that you convict our hearts this morning as we read from your word. God, help us to to make us more into the image of Christ. May we all be challenged, Father, today as we look at this passage of Scripture, as we look at the example King Uzziah has left us to learn from. And use me and empower me this morning with the Holy Spirit that I might communicate Your Word with accuracy and may it be pleasing in Your sight. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Well, if you remember last week, we spoke of a man by the name of Saul and by a man named Samuel. And in this passage of Scripture, we saw the major point was really revealing the heart in which only God can truly see. Samuel was about to choose, if you remember, a king. Saul had been told by God, God that he was no longer going to be king and then so God began the preparation of preparing a new king which would be David. And when Samuel got ready to pick this king, he saw the first son of Jesse come forth. And in his mind he said, this must be the person, this must be the one in which God has anointed. But God said, no, this is not the man. He said, if you remember, he said... Do not look at his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, but man sees from the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. And so that was the message, the passage, the centrality of what we looked at last week. And so God made it clear that his heart was revealing to the Lord and that's why he was not to choose him. Now the question is, does that mean that we can't know our hearts? That, that, does that mean that we should never test our hearts or challenge our hearts or our motives? And I don't think so because if you remember, we talked about David as in this psalm. He said, create in me a, a clean heart, God. A, a, a renew a steadfast spirit within me. And so as we begin to look at the heart issues of life, things that are placed beneath the surface where only God can truly see the hearts that are within us. I can't see your heart. I may see 
exposures of what comes out of the heart. Because Scripture says that what precedes the mouth is what's in the heart. And that's how we see it. But we need to be honest, open about ourselves. And about our hearts and our motives and our actions. And today we'll be taking a look into the life of a young man by the name King Uzziah. A man that seems to truly walk in the ways of God. And he accomplishes much for the kingdom of God. We see that God gave this young man success through many different ways. And he brought about a powerful work in him and through him. There are three things that I want you to get this morning. You can write them down in your notes before you leave. Just write them down. Number one is we see that God rewarded Uzziah. We see that God rewarded Uzziah. Number two, we see that God revealed to Uzziah. And thirdly, we see that God rebuked Uzziah. God rebuked Uzziah. Well, let's get right into the text, if you will. Open your Bibles this morning to 2 Chronicle chapter 26. We're going to read verses 1 to 22. It's a long passage of Scripture, and there's some big names in here. So just bear with me. I think I got them, but we'll see what happens. Starting with verse 1. And all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 17 years old and made him king in the place of his father Amaziah. He built Ethelah and restored it to Judah after the king slept with his fathers. Uzziah was 17 years old when he became king and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And his mother was named Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father Amaziah had done. He continued to seek God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding through the vision of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. Now he went up against the Philistines and broke down the wall of Gath and the wall of Jebna and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities in the area of Ashdod among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians who lived in Gurbaal and the Meunites. And the Ammonites also gave tribute to Uzziah and to his fame extended to the border of Egypt for he became very strong. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the corner buttress and the fortified them. That means the angle, by the way. The buttress is the corner, the angle of the city. And he fortified them, and he built towers in the wilderness, and he hewed many cisterns, for he had much livestock, both in the lowland and in the plain. He also had plowmen and vine dressers in the hill country, and in the fertile fields he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army ready for battle, which entered combat by divisions according to the number of their muster, prepared by Jael, the scribe, Maasiah, the official, under the direction of Hananiah, one of the king's officers. The total number of the heads of households of valiant warriors was 2,600. 
Under their direction was an elite army of 307,500 who could wage war with great power to help the king against the enemy. Moreover, Uzziah prepared all the armies, shields and spears and helmets and body armor, bows and sling stones. In Jerusalem, he made engines of war invented by skillful men to be on the towers and on the corners for the purpose of shooting arrows and great stones. Hence, his fame spread afar, for he was marvelously helped until he was strong. But when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God, for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And then, Azariah the priest entered in after him with eighty priests of, of the Lord, valiant men. And they opposed Uzziah the king and said to them, It is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will have no favor with the Lord God. But Uzziah, with a censer in his hands for burning incense, was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priest, the leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord, beside the altar of incense. Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his forehead, and they hurried him out of there, and he himself hastened to get out, because the Lord had smitten him. King Uzziah was a leopard to the day of his death. He lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off in the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. That's our passage of Scripture this morning. The story of King Uzziah. His great and mighty strength fails him. I think that looking at the underlying context will give us great insight to this passage of Scripture. When we look at the family of Uzziah, the previous kings that have served, because I don't know if you're aware, but in the Old Testament, when the kings would have children and they would die, they would typically take over the kingdom. And so what we see is, a, uh, what I want to look at is the grandfather of Uzziah and the father of Uzziah, and then we want to look at Uzziah himself. Okay, and so we look at a man by the name of Joash. Who was Joash? Joash was a, a king of Judah. He was the grandfather of Uzziah. And it says that he, he became king at, at an early age of seven years old. And he was given the kingdom, it says, and he did right in the eyes of the Lord all of the days of Jehoiada the priest. He was a father figure, Jehoiada was, so to speak. He advised uh, Joash the king at a young age, and he was successful. As long as he could stay with his mentor, it says, he did well. But the day came that when Jehoiada the priest became ripe in his age, that he passed away. And it wasn't long after Jehoiada the priest passed away that Joash went in his own direction. He went on his own decisions, his own understanding. And we are told that things fell apart quickly. 
The people of Judah came to Joash the king and pleaded with him and, and talked to him about worshiping these other gods. And what did he do? They abandoned the house of the Lord. And they began to serve Asherim and the idols. And this king ends up, uh, if you remember, Jehoiada the priest has a son. His name was Zechariah. And as Zechariah got older, and his father passed away, and Joash falls from the wayside and begins to worship, God speaks to Zechariah, Jehoiada's son. And Zechariah goes and he prophesies to Joash the king. And what do you think Joash did? This king Joash ends up murdering the son of Jehoiada, his mentor's child, because the Lord told him to speak and tell him, because you have forsaken the Lord, the Lord has forsaken you. And Joash, it says, forgets the kindness that his dear friend Jehoiada had for the priest, for him. And Joash has now stoned him to death. That's the grandfather. He started out well, but he didn't finish so hot. And now we see the father, the king, Amaziah. He takes over after Joash the king is killed by his own people, by the way, because of what he had done to the son of Jehoiada. Do you think that his son may end up in a better situation? You would think that this child would learn from his father... But it does say that Amaziah does what's right in the eyes of the Lord, but then he says, not with his whole heart. And so we see Dad doing right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. And so God blesses Amaziah the, the king now. And, and He gives him power, and He goes with him through battle, and He does well, and He defeats the Edomites. But after this destruction, the slaughter, it says... He brought back what? False gods. And he worshipped them. He followed his dad. He followed in the footsteps of the father. Don't miss that. They both worshipped and served gods. And now, Amaziah was told by the prophet, God has planned to destroy you. But listen, he had in his mind fixated that he could do nothing wrong. He had fixated in his mind that he was so powerful that I defeated the Edomites. Now I'm going to go up against Joash, the king of Israel. You see, Israel was the northern kingdom. Judah was the southern kingdom. And in his mind, he wasn't going to obey the Lord. I'm going to defeat the king of Israel. And so he calls for battle from Joash, the king of Israel. He said, your pride will get you killed in chapter 25. And it tells us that Judah and its king was defeated. He, the king of Israel actually wrote him and said, listen. He said this. He said, go home. Go back home. Why would you come and try to fight me? You've become so proud in your heart that you're going to fail and Judah's going to fall with you. We see the pride happening in chapter 25. 
And he was. He went up against them in his own ability. And King Amaziah was captured. And it says that all the gold and the silver from the house of the Lord, its utensils for worship, were taken. And he took Amaziah the king and went back and lived in the northern kingdom with Joash. That brings us to chapter 26 this morning, our text. And what I want to look at the first point this morning is we see that God rewarded Uzziah. People were now looking for a king. Why? Because the father Amaziah had been shipped off to the northern kingdom in Israel. It actually says that, that, that Amaziah lived 15 years longer than the king of Israel himself did. So I don't know if he was dead or, or what at this time, but it says that at the age of 16 years old, Uzziah is declared king of Judah. And right away we see that the king Uzziah is doing wonderful things. He's doing good things for the kingdom of God. It says that he rebuilt Eloth and restored it to Judah. And so I asked myself, what in the world is Eloth? You know, I read this and what is it? What does it mean? Well, Eloth was a port city. Um, so to speak. It gave access to marine business to the east. And so it was a pretty important city. And Solomon in chapter 8, he, we see that in verse 17 and 18 that he takes and subdues this port city. But under a revolt of Jerom, in chapter 21, the revolt from the rule of Judah, they revolted and they set up their own kings. And so Solomon lost that. And so it was not under the rule of Judah. They had set up their own kings. But we see here that Uzziah is doing something great. He's giving back this port city to Judah. You see in that day, the travel routes in the port cities were major business routes. And they were very important. And so when when this man accomplished this, this was a good thing for the people of Judah. This brought business back to their, their people. And so, verse 4 tells us that he did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father did. It says that uh, he continued to seek God the days of Zechariah as long as he sought the Lord, that he would prosper. Now, if you remember... The great, the grandfather, he was seven years old, and what did the, what did the word say? It said that he did right all the days of Jehoiada. Right in my mind, as I'm studying the text, I'm looking. There's a parallel here. I see grandfather did right all the days of Jehoiada. Then we see the grandson now doing right all the days of Zechariah. And so I can't help but think of this grandfather and what he did. And I wonder if what we see is a continuation of sin handed down from grandfather to father and from father to son, from generation to generation to generation. How many times as a dad do I think of what I do in my life, how will it affect my children? So what it so in the midst of what's going on here, I feel like there's a nugget for us to look at. As we prepare to watch a video Friday night that will make us think on how we live as men and how we live as fathers. 
We may not start well, but the objective is to finish well. And our sins may very likely continue on down to affect our own children. If you remember Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 and 7, it says, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, giving iniquity and transgression and sin, that will by no means clear the guilt visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children until the third and the fourth generation. The effects that we have as parents and fathers is no mystery that it affects our children. And listen, just because you don't have kids at home means your life as a father is over. You have grandkids in your life that you can impact. You might have been a bad father, so be it. Look past that. Move forward. And know that you can have a lasting eternal effect on your grandkids. It's not time for retirement. It's time to step up and do more. Affect the children in our lives. I see that happening here. A repeat of what's going on. Obedience to the Lord gives divine blessing. Disobedience to the Lord gives judgment. And I, I, I want... I want to make sure, Uzziah, that you remain faithful. Continue strong. I want to follow in the footsteps of some of these men, but some footsteps I don't want to follow into. I don't want to fall into what dad and grandpa did. Continue walking with them. I want to make a difference. You know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My father raised me like a young man. He taught me to respect people. He brought me up and I had great parents. But they didn't bring me up in the things of God. And it's the best experience that I have is talking with my, grand, my dad and seeing my kids interact with their granddad. And as a believer in Christ now, he invests in their lives. He invests in mine. He encourages me. And that's what we need to do. Even though my father grew up and didn't bring us up in Christ, we have conversations like never before now. Because he understands he wants to make impacts in my life still. And what we see happening right here in this passage is God continuing to reward Uzziah because of his obedience. He is rewarding him with victories of war. Verse 6 and 7 read this, he, Now he went out and, and warred against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath and the walls of Jebna and Ashdod and built cities in the areas of Ashdod and among the Philistines and God helped against the Philistines and the Arabians who lived in Gurbial and the Meunites. Verse 8 says he became very strong. We see victory. God is blessing him with victory. We should obey God because we love Him and desire to please Him. Not for what we will get for it, but God in the midst of that blesses us. 
He does wonderful things through us. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments in John 14, 5. He said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, this is him who loves me. John 14, 21. If we want to know what it means to love God, John tells us, this is love. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. That's what Uzziah is doing. He's following, he's doing in God's blessing him. God blesses those that keep His commandment. We should obey God because we want to be vessels for honorable use and have increased effectiveness in the work of the kingdom here on earth. And that's what we're seeing happening in Uzziah's life. God's rewarding him because he's become a vessel for honorable use. Now in a large house, there are not only gold, it says in 2 Timothy 2, 20, 21. Gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earth, earth and war. And some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the Master, prepared for every good work. You see, this young king is being used as a vessel of honorable use. And God's rewarding him. We see in verse 10 that he builds towers and cuts to cisterns. In verse 11, he has major armies of great impacts. And in verse 14, we see he's a smart man. God has given him ability to make shields and spears and helmets, coats and bows and stones for sling. It even says that he made machines that were set up on the corners that cast out arrows and large stones. This man was known for a great amount of things. Good things. He was great at them. What are you great at this morning? What is it that God has blessed you with in ability? Is it preaching? Teaching? Sports? Snowmobiling? Working? Giving, what is it that God has blessed you with? Listen, the reality is, they're gifts. How do you think King Uzziah was blessed with his ability? Well, verse 5 says that as long as he sought the Lord, God prospered him. It was God that did these things in his life. You think you have an ability. You may, but bet it comes from God. You might sing well. You might dunk a basketball. You might do some earthly activity that seems well, but remember, God has given you that ability. And we're just like Him. King Uzziah. Verse 15 says, Hence, His fame spread afar, and he was marvelously helped until he was strong. Don't miss it. It says he was marvelously helped 
until he became strong. What is it that you have become strong at? What is it that you've become really good at? Sometimes we let people know what we're good at. I'm good at this, oh, I can do this and I can do that. He was marvelously helped until he was strong. We see that God rewarded Uzziah for all of the wonderful things he's done. But secondly, we see that God revealed to Uzziah. We see that he revealed. Uzziah wasn't a weak king. He was a strong and valiant man. He wasn't like some little boy that failed like so many other kings. He wasn't like a king that was easily swayed like Jehoshaphat that decided he was going to tie an alliance with the king of Israel. No, he was a strong king. But just like so many strong leaders, his power, his authority, his ability made him headstrong. Kind of a, I can do nothing wrong attitude. And listen, if you're sitting there this morning thinking someone else other than yourself, you better look in the mirror. Because at some point in our life we have this attitude. We think more highly of ourselves than we should. We're all capable of failure. Because when we become strong, we can't be used. God uses the weak things of this world to shame the wise. Verse 16, But when, it, when he became strong, his heart was so proud that he acted corruptly. And he was unfaithful to the Lord his God. And for he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. I mean, I can see him bold. Standing there. Walking through the temple. Getting ready to, to light that incense. I can do it because I'm the king and I'm powerful. And I'm a, I have the ability and it's alright. Trying to be something he wasn't. As a reminder to the sons of Israel, says in Numbers 16.40, No layman who is not of the descendants of Aaron should come near the, to burn incense before the Lord, so that he will not become like Korah, in his company, just as the Lord has spoken to him through Moses. It wasn't his place. He had become more of what he thought he was in his mind than he really was. It was his ability, his strength, his authority, his power that made it his sin invisible to himself. God is about to reveal it to Uzziah. What is it in our lives, your lives, that make our sin invisible? What proud and prideful things do we do that make our sin invisible to ourselves? It's destructive. 
And pride comes before the fall. My prayer is, oh God, make me a man of God that not would be blind to my own pride and my own sin. Let me be humble enough to admit before the God in heaven that I'm prideful sometimes. Help me to see that, God. Don't hide it. Reveal it. So that you can make me more conform to the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Uzziah. He was walking through the temple, bold. And it tells us that the priest follows behind him with 80 other priests. Just think about it. He's walking in the temple. And you can almost hear the footsteps coming behind him. Eighty priests walking behind him. Valiant men it calls them. And as he readies himself to make that burnt incense in the temple of the Lord he's confronted they said it is not for you Uzziah to burn the incense of the Lord but for the priest that's our job your job the king God has set a standard and you've stepped over the standard it's not your job It's for the priests, the sons of Aaron who are consecrated to burn incense. And they tell him to get out of the sanctuary. For you have been unfaithful and will have no honor from the Lord God. King Uzziah, disgraced. Which often happens as a result of trying to honor yourself. We get into disgrace when we try to honor ourselves. When we become prideful. Pride. He fell into it. It's undeniable. It's written. You and I can see it. It's told it's what it is. Sometimes are subtler than that. It blinded him. And now he was disgraced. And just like King Asa, and just like his granddad Joash, what do you think that happened when he was confronted about his sin? What happened? He got angry at the rebuke. He didn't like the admonishment that the priest had just given him because he was wrong and he knew he was wrong. It takes a real man and woman to stand up and evaluate their lives before God Himself and through the Word of God after they're rebuked. But Uzziah gives us a different approach. With a censer in his hands, it said in verse 19, for burning incense, he was enraged. And while he was enraged with the priest. Leprosy broke out on his forehead. 
before the priest in the house of the Lord beside the altar of incense. Instead of taking the responsibility for his action, repenting to God, asking for forgiveness, he became bitter and pride took control of him. Listen, if you or I fall into a pride within this life, we have a lesson that we can learn right here that will help us tremendously in our walk with Christ. Thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to is not the right answer. We better repent before God in heaven. We better go to God and say, God, you know what, I really messed up. I really messed up. Is anybody above messing up in here today? I'm not. But God is willing and ready to forgive and reunite people together. God revealed this man's pride through the priest and he rejected and became angry. We see that in his goodness, in his ability to do as God called him, God prospered him, God rewarded him. And then when he became so strong that he became prideful, God revealed it to him. He didn't accept the reveal, he didn't like the rebuke. And so what does he do? He becomes angry and then what does God do? God, we see God rebuked Uzziah, point number three. Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked at him and behold, he was leprous. And they hurried him out of there. And he himself hastened to get out of there as well because the Lord had smitten him. Listen, Uzziah is our example of what not to do when God reveals pride to us. Pride can cause you to be unteachable or judgmental. Are you unteachable? Are you un, are, a judgmental? You may have an issue with pride. Pride is the most serious and most subtle sin of all. And is often not even recognized as existing in our lives. Pride causes people to go their own way instead of God's way. Pride makes you think you do not need God's advice or His help. Pride tells you it's someone else's fault. Not mine. Someone else's fault. They did it. I didn't do it. That's pride. A proud person thinks they sh should do things their way. A know-it-all attitude. So what causes this pride? What causes us to be like this? Beauty? You see, ugly people like me ain't got to worry about that. But some people are so pretty, they're prideful. Intelligent. I ain't got to worry about this one either. Talent. Knowledge. Inexperience. 
prosperity or successful accomplishments can cause people to become prideful. And on and on and on we could go with these. The question is, do we see and understand what happened to Uzziah? Where did his rebuke lead him? Instead of repenting, asking forgiveness, trusting God, he got angry, trusted in himself, exemplified pride, and now we see in 21, King Uzziah, it says, was a leopard to the day of his death. And he lived in a separate house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord and Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Listen very closely this morning. Pride will not only hurt your personal life, your ministry, your opportunity to witness to people in the community, but it will keep you from the kingdom of God. It is the number one cause of people being unsaved is pride. If you're sleeping this morning, you might want to wake up. If we say we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us, is what the Holy Bible teaches. You may say, I don't need God. I'm okay without God. I've lived a good life. I'm okay. That's pride. Because pride says, I don't need God. But the Bible says you need God. Lest you end up like Uzziah. Cut off from the house of the Lord. Will your pride keep you from the kingdom today? Will your pride keep you from saying, you know what, God, I am a sinful person. And I'm separated like Isaiah says, for my iniquities have made a separation between my God and myself. Am I too prideful to admit that? Are you prideful or are you humble? Who says, you know God, I thought I was good enough. But as I listen to your word being taught, I realize there's nothing I can do to accomplish salvation in Christ. There's nothing that I can do as an individual to step into the kingdom of God, but to simply say, I'm a sinful man, unable, get on my knees and repent to God and say, I'm not able, I'm worthless. It's because you love me that I'm even able to do that. That's a humble person. That's what Christ wants. Matthew 18.3 tells us, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Children can be very humble sometimes. The granddaddy, he started out well. He finished poorly. The dad started out well, but finished poorly. The son, he started out well, but just like his father, and just like his father's father. His father's father worshipped other gods. And so did dad. And dad became prideful and arrogant. And so did the son.
All of them started well, but none of them finished well. The wonderful grace and mercy of Christ, it's not a matter of how well you start, but it's how you finish. How will you finish today? Let us pray.